Hello and welcome to Morlocks, a Let's Experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is a goose. How have you been? Yeah, doing good. You know, it's, uh, well, I suppose actually it's March, isn't it? So we're quite away into 2023 now. Yeah. It feels like it's still a new year. <laughs> uh-huh. For those who may not know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a goose. Uh, I play a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol, and I write articles every now and then on the Across the Bifrost Nexus uh, called The Dreaded, which tells you all about why you should fear characters who quite often uh, get overlooked. Yes. Uh, on a side note, uh, have you written one for Ant-Man and Wasp yet? I have not, but they are on the list. They are fantastic characters. Yeah, I just... Oh, I've been playing them in some Sam Spam and... Ugh, they are dirty. <laughs> yeah, um, I know... I, I ran a lot of A-Force last year, particularly. I've I've kind of moved away from that recently just because I played it so much last year. Uh, yeah. And Wasp is really an all-star there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus the mental image of the tiny size one Wasp using special delivery and uh, <laughs> hauling yeah. She-Hulk halfway across the map is really funny. So I always appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um so yes, now I must ask you, what character not in Marvel Crisis Protocol do you want to see in Marvel Crisis Protocol? Well, you know, that is the most difficult question um, on this podcast, I think. And I have yes. done it a couple of times before, so I, I cheated uh, and, and thought quite a lot about it before I, I came on. Uh, and it's got to be another Captain Marvel. And the reason for that is um, with the new Spider-Woman, uh, the on-patrol Cardar has her in her uh, more classic sort of masked outfit, and I really want to paint that model. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, that is, there's a lot of characters I would like to see new interpretations of. Uh, Captain Marvel is definitely up there. Uh, I want to see a new version of Storm that is like the Mohawk and Jean Jacket uh, leader of the Morlock Storm, as everyone can tell from my podcast logo. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I also, like, I want to see Fear Itself Sin one of these days because that is such a, like, cool version of that character. Yeah, I mean, I've been um, I've been playing a lot of the Midnight Suns uh, yes, computer game as well. I have too. And I love that game so much, and I really love the Captain Marvel as a, a really brutal hardcore tank character I, I think that's a lot of fun and the version of sin in the new dlc for that is really a very different take on the character to the one we've got in the game and i would love yeah. both of those uh, be fantastic well uh i think we are legitimately only missing like two characters from that game into marvel crisis protocol yeah it's not a lot um and uh, i mean yeah we I want them all. Um, Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider would be an incredible uh, character for MCP, I think. And Just then you a full on car. My <laughs> number one pick, which is uh, freaking Nico. Yes. And again, one of my favorite characters um, in that game. I have she she all... is my best friend forever. <laughs> oh, no. I am trying to date that woman. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, 100%. Hi, I, uh, I have the chance to date the disaster goth lesbian? Yes! My only complaint with that game is that there are several points where it feels like I should be able to smooch some of these characters, and the game will not let me smooch them because uh, the developers are cowards. That's that's <laughs> the only explanation I can think of. So, Though the, but yeah, the terribly awkward flirting between Blade and Captain Marvel is hysterical. I love that, and I absolutely adore um, when he tells you about why he's trying to date Captain Marvel. I think that's really sweet. Um, there's also some great interactions with Scarlet Witch. That I have I not just, gotten I there love. yet. Uh, so you I, will enjoy them, I promise. Yeah, I, I, I'm only, uh, I only had the game for about a week. I got it when it went on sale recently. Um, but I've been loving it fair. a lot. I, um, I was quite fortunate. It released when I'd taken a week off work um, just to get some downtime. And I basically played it non-stop for that week um, so yeah it, it immediately became my most played game of last year and i think it was only out for like two months of it so <laughs> that happens that that is going yeah. to be me in a couple months when street fighter 6 comes out oh yes street fighter i'm looking forward to that as well some of oh. the character trailers for that have been incredible uh joey and cammy they know what they are doing with <laughs> Yes, um, Jury's motorcycle with the helmet. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, that helmet is incredible. Uh-huh. Just, uh, yeah, love, love that character, love the style. Um, yeah, been really impressed. So, yeah, I am excited. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, the actual game is fun as well. I mean, they always look fantastic, but uh, oh yeah, I'm usually pretty bad at Street Fighter, so. I, I'm generally pretty mediocre. At, I'm generally... Okay, not mediocre. I'm at that annoying point where I'm terrible when I play other competitive players, but when I play normal Joe Smoes, I smack them around because I'm too good at the game, but not good enough to be competitive. Yeah, I know what you mean. I got that way with Street Fighter 4, which came out when I was in university. Yes! Um, and th- that was really aggravating because none of my housemates wanted to play it with me and everybody on the internet destroyed me. So, so uh, uh, unironically, there is a Street Fighter 4 machine at my local arcade. So if you're ever in the area, we will play. Brilliant. I will keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. That arcade also runs a karaoke night. So, uh, that was a suitable digression for this show. Let's. Who did we bring today? So, yeah, we've brought a character that um, I certainly haven't seen many people talk about after about two weeks from her initial release, yeah. and that is Black Swan. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot. There was a lot of hype when this character was first revealed, um, and she was everywhere, and then she just sort of dropped off really sharply. Yeah. Don't know what that is about, but yeah. It's, I think it's one of those double-edged swords with um, MCP, because obviously I love getting new characters. Um, all the new designs are really interesting, and, and they obviously slot into the back catalogue and, and change up everything. But because there are so many characters released so frequently, I think it's really easy for some of the older releases to kind of get overlooked. Oh, yeah. Um, but yes, I think Black Swan is a really interesting piece when you, you dive into what her kit enables. Yes. So, um, 
what are places that jump? So, of course, we can't do her in Blackwater, but that is her only spot. What places jump out to you as somewhat, someplace you think she should go? So, I think there's two ways you can play Black Swan. Um, and it, that kind of informs which affiliations want to look at her. Uh, if you just take her in her standard form, she's a, uh, quite a brawly piece. Uh, she's quite reliant on getting the dice that she needs, and she can sometimes have difficulty building power. So you want her in places that either have good dice fixing she doesn't have to pay for herself, uh, or which help with her power economy. So um, that is one one direction you can take her. If you're willing to invest uh, another point of threat, taking her from a four threat to a five threat, and give her the power gem, uh, that can actually open her up as a battery as well as being quite a good self-contained piece. So mm -hmm. at that point, you can look at, at homes which might have a little bit more difficulty generating power themselves, but really like it when you have a character that's generating three power a turn to hand out to them in various ways. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so yes, uh, what are the first places that jump out to you? Because I have some spicy things I've been thinking about. Sure. Um, well, I think the the first most obvious place for me uh, is Red Skull Cabal. I really like Red Skull Cabal. Uh, yeah. he, he gets a little bit overshadowed, I think, by um, Malekith, which is, is totally fair. But she is a character who can potentially get up to four attacks a turn uh, if she gets the dice triggers on her spender, and she has the power to do it twice. Uh, he helps her generate that power, and if she is hitting the dice rolls she wants, then if she has the four power at the start of the turn, he effectively makes the uh, everything dies only cost two, which yeah. is really good. Um, so yeah, I like her there. So I want to follow up on that. That was one of the things I was thinking about. Um, is Red Skull Cabal. Specifically, I think with the release of Ulic, you have a version of Red Skull Cabal that can now play on D, that prefers to play on Ds and takes 1v1 fights that they are going to outpower Genuine and have the ability to collapse. And I think Black Swan is a great choice for that style of list between her ability to charge her, like, just how much power gen she is going to get, uh, get off of the leadership to be able to use her abilities and just her ability to win fights. Completely agree. And uh, the other interesting thing with that is with Ulick and Swan, um, you've got two characters who can displace um, very, very consistently, uh, so long as they're hitting the wilds. Yep. And Cabal has the dice manipulation tools and their other support characters to help make that happen almost as much as you want it to. You so, are forgetting something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Red Skull can also displace with two of his attacks up to up to size infinity. Yes, yeah, he can. So you can actually build, I think, a very competitive, control-oriented um, Red Skull, which I don't think is a space many people think of when they look at this card because yeah. he's obviously all about the attacks. But those attacks can also be throwing people out of position. So yes. yeah, I do like her a lot there. Um, other sort of spicier places, though. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Hydra recently, mm -hmm. and I think uh, she does quite well 
under uh, both Strucker and Skull leadership uh, yeah. in in different ways. Obviously, Hydra has a lot of overlap with Cabal in terms of the dice manipulation characters they can bring, mm -hmm. uh, but she also brings Guaranteed Incinerate, which um, just Hydra absolutely loves that. They've got a lot of lower dice attacks they can potentially be throwing out. And uh, Master Skull helps with the power issues that I was talking about earlier yep. as well. So she can definitely perform there. Uh, a little bit spicier, I have been considering her in a Web Warriors roster. And the reason for that is that when I'm looking at Web Warriors, I quite often want a character that can get to that three power turn one mm -hmm. uh, in order to advance R&D out and activate um, web lines and swings and things like that. Yeah. Uh, she does that, and she also gives them a bit of punch that they are otherwise potentially lacking. I have been... I played Web Warriors this most recent week, and I will talk about this on an episode of The Darkhold. If you are a patron, you can check that out. Uh, but I was disappointed in them. They oh, really? don't feel good in 2022, 2023, I don't think. Huh. I mean, I will admit, it has been a while since I've played Web Warriors myself. I, I think I last put a lot of time into them back sort of late 2021, early 2022. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what were you finding was difficult with them? I think so many of the threats nowadays, um, they have, like, they... There are so many threats nowadays that either have dice consistency to on offense to equal your dice consistency on defense so that that dice consistency is winning out on offense. Um, okay. Or now you have a couple new notable models that really muck them up on defense. Um, Agent Venom specifically. And I feel like they only have one power turn rather than having a couple spikes of power throughout the game which is what a lot of the other powerful teams are doing. Because they really only have a powerful turn when all webbed up happens. Because the amount that. of counter-displacement movement in this game now is high enough that being able to recover cover from a web line is a lot more trivial than it used to be. So, I will preface this by saying I, I am not a... Uh, a hyper-competitive, successful player in that kind of way. Um, but I did go to a tournament down in London at the start of the year, and yeah. my one loss um, with my Hydra Cabal roster was to Web Warriors. Mm -hmm. um, and then the same player actually uh, beat me round one uh, of this most recent league. Uh, so Web Warriors might just be my personal kryptonite, which yeah. is, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, that's very possible. So it's, how do I phrase this? I think Web Warriors are a not great team that has enough niches that exceptional players can exploit to be powerful. Yeah. But I don't think they are inherently powerful. I can see that. I, I will also give full credit to the... Uh, player who who beat me i know that he only plays web warriors uh, and he pilots them extremely well yeah uh, 
so you know that's one of the things i love about mcp is that you you don't generally win at, at list creation mm-hmm. um but i can i can see sort of feeling that they might be a little bit under the curve at the moment maybe yeah. so it it my thing my take on web warriors is that in order them they have a massive jump in competency when you go when you dedicate too much time it's like their power curve is has a spike in it before leveling off again and i think anywhere below that like skill level they are just not good and then they are decent but not amazing above that spike i can see that i can see that um another place that might be interesting to consider for her is uh, asgard yeah and again i think you are taking the power gem there uh but at that point she can use the leadership and charge every round mm-hmm. um the other interesting thing with that is with thor black swan and beta ray bill mm-hmm. you've got three characters that can do a lot of size four or unrestricted in her case potentially if she hits the wild throws um so there's a lot of displacement there, and I, I think she plays into the Asgard game plan quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Asgard has been looking up recently. Yeah, I mean, one of the weaknesses that Black Swan does have is she is completely vulnerable to every condition in the game. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those conditions, like Stagger or Shock, um, even Incinerate to, to some degree... Um, <laughs> are things that she really does not like to see because they they have a massive impact on her. Uh, Shock in particular makes her feel quite poor, I think. So Asgard gives her a lot of um, insurance against that. Uh So I have two other places that I want to put up. Uh, Yeah. First off, I think she's an interesting piece in Hellfire Club. Okay. Um... While you don't really get a turn one power spike on her, it fixes the power problems turn two onwards. Yeah. Um, and in the late game when she has flooded out, because you're going to spike with her at some point. Yeah. Uh, she can start pushing that power back into Emma Frost, and it gives her good versatility there. Yes, I can see that. Um. It's also a, a pleasing little um, thematic synergy there because uh, Black Swan is also a telepathic character. Yeah. Emma is a telepathic character. That that's cute. I like that. Um, and then I think sorry. And then the other one I wanted to bring up was Winter God. Okay. Because it is uh, while she does not have as much issue with getting displaced, she does not really like getting displaced all that much. She wants to be in the scrum and use her strike to push and then follow up with a charge. Most of Yeah, the ideally. Um, um, so that part of the Winter Guard leadership she likes, and she also likes the fact that she just gets to take off a condition every round. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Um, as I was saying, the, the condition removal part of Asgard is, is something I see her using quite a lot, and Winter Guard just gives you that for free. Um, like, she also. It is hysterical Sorry, to line her up as like cool. 
Black Swan is taking attack. I'm going to defensive matrix. We roll your your non-wilds. Ooh, you rolled one of those rolled back into a wild. I will now spend power to turn all of your wilds into blanks. Yes, absolutely. Um, that is one of the abilities that I really love for her. Um, Modok kind of teaches you how deceptively tanky that makes a character. Oh, yeah. Uh, and hers isn't quite as good as his, but it's still pretty, pretty good. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see her sort of playing into the Winterguard game plan, um, maybe giving them a little bit of a spear tip that they they might be lacking otherwise. Mm-hmm. And she gives them size 4 displacement, which they want. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Okay, that's an interesting one. So, yeah. Uh, also... Here's my terrible choice for the week, but I want to bring it up uh, just because that spender is so good. Uh, Cyclops leadership. I did consider Cyclops leadership, yeah. Um, I think the spender is a really big part of her kit, more so than most characters. Um, And she also has the benefit that if you're taking her with the gem, uh, she can help pay for everybody else's uh, Mm -hmm. spenders as well. Yeah, But... We built a, a Cyclops leadership roster um, <laughs> the first time I was on, yeah. And uh, I don't actually like playing Cyclops that much is what that roster taught me. <laughs> oh. um, I know, I know. It's it's a controversial take. So, um, but... I have been playing Cyclops in uh, Master of Hydra leadership. Yeah, give him the power that he's struggling with. Um, so he only needs to make one power turn to reposition uh, Red Skull into the spot where Red Skull will kill everything that turn. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can see it. It, um, it was pretty solid. <laughs> like, oh, I need Red Skull there. Let me just move him. Yeah, my problem with Cyclops is that he's one of the very few characters in the game. Uh, that doesn't necessarily feel like how I want that character to feel uh, from the source material. Because when I think of Cyclops, I think of him firing his optic beams and knocking Sentinels over and pushing everybody around with them. And he he just doesn't do that on the table. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad character mechanically. I I think he's fine. Um, But when I put him down, I I don't get that Cyclops feel uh, that I, I would have in an ideal world, you know? Uh-huh. Also, uh, also on the, like, leadership train, she's a good Shadowlands Daredevil pick. Helps you face yes. with those uh, symbols. Surprise, surprise, yeah. everyone's good in Shadowlands Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you can't complain about her there, really, nor can you complain about her in X-Force which yeah. kind of give her the same thing, um, but without being stuck uh, only attacking the characters that your opponent maybe wants you to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say we did manage to somehow make an X-Force list last week. Yeah, I listened to that episode, so maybe we don't want to put her in X-Force this time, but it's something to think about for future. But uh, we did the math on the Howling Commandos uh, plus Cable, and holy shit do they get far. Yeah, um, I played a game against Dizzard recently, um, and we were talking about 
Cable and his position in sort of 2023. And he's definitely got a lot more game yeah. uh, than he had last year. Uh-huh. Uh, and as you, as you said last week, I think um, Psylocke is potentially going to do a lot to make that faction more appealing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, don't, we don't want to do back-to-back X-Force. No, that would be insane. Um, she's also... Okay, this is going to sound insane. I think she's a not terrible convocation pick. Okay, that that's not one that I had considered. Um, what are you thinking there? Um, she is a character that wants to dial in her distance very particularly, and having that reactive place whenever she gets hit by an attack is really really solid at doing that effect. Um, so that she can always be at the right spot to either, uh charge into someone or just straight attack them when she wakes up she's more defensive than you think she is and having an additional defensive evil on the flip side of that leadership is also very powerful and so while she does not have a mystic attack she gives some uh parity to them of attack profile and She's not a character that has a glaring energy weakness like the rest of that affiliation, and that for physical will also support them on um, Mutant Madman when they are forced onto it. Okay, I can see that. I can also see, um, now I'm thinking about it, the other side of that leadership lets her hunt for characters who haven't activated no. uh, yet as well. No, it does not. because it only Oh, is affects... it characters who have activated? No, it only affects mystic attacks. Oh, okay. Uh, See, that shows how often I play uh, Convocation. Yes. I I play Convocation a medium amount. I've always wanted to give them more table time than I have, but they seem quite daunting. I mean, we were talking about how Web Warriors reward players who put a lot of time into them. I think Convocation Convocation does that up to 11. Uh Yeah. Um. But yeah, potentially an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only other one that I had considered um, was Wakanda, mm-hmm. because I think uh, Power Gem Swan has the power to use the rerolls as much as she wants. She's then got defensive rerolls as well as offensive rerolls, mm-hmm. and her Midnight Field, and she's got the size four. Uh, displacement on her strike and the unrestricted on her spender, mm-hmm. which really helps the Wakandan game plan. Uh, now that they are mostly restricted to size three, uh, yeah. the only trouble with building a Wakanda roster at the moment is that they don't have any new shiny toys themselves. Yeah. Uh, so they do feel a little bit stale and just sort of generically good, but not exciting. Yes. Um, you know, we, we have the new movie. Maybe we'll get some Wakandan characters before the year is out. That would be nice. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I think much for the same reason that she is pretty okay in Convocation, she might be very solid in S.H.I.E.L.D. Just being able to use that aggressive to get within range where she can do her attack and then follow up charge. I think she likes. Um, but S.H.I.E.L.D. is such a weird niche, uh, weird tight list at this point. Yeah. Um, 
The better tomorrow is that shield restricted? Well, it's not a better tomorrow. It's brighter future or something along those lines. The um, the human torch card that gives rerolls to energy attacks. Uh, n- yes, that is uh, shield character restricted. Yeah, so you'd need to also be making her shield, and I don't. I think that's almost always the wrong choice at the moment. So yeah. Okay. Um, um, that card is called a new age. That's the one. But uh, going back to a previous one, we a uh, pre- previous one we were talking about. Uh, we could play her with the Dark Aura Manifestation. Right, for Winter Guard, yeah. Yes, the spend one, everyone within three of Dark Star has one less uh, energy defense this round. And she is bringing her own Incinerate, so yeah. potentially you're dropping characters to one or maybe two uh, defense dice. Yeah. That's pretty tempting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we talked about a lot of options. Is there anything that jumps out to you as something you want to do? So I have been playing an awful lot of Cabal, um, as well as Hydra recently. I've I've kind of been running a Hydra Cabal dual roster. Uh Um, So that does naturally make me want to put her into the Cabal spot we spoke of, first of all, because I kind of know what I'm doing there. Yeah. But that's not necessarily as exciting. I have literally never played Winterguard, um, but I know you've played them quite a lot. So yes. maybe we should uh, maybe we should talk about Winterguard. Cool. Let's talk about Winterguard. Um, so uh, we get all four Winterguard people in here immediately. Yep, I'll just dial them in. Yep, so that is, for those at home, that is Mr. Ursa Major, that is the Red Guardian, Crimson Dynamo, and Darkstar. Yep. Which, like, Um, I think most of these characters are way better than people assess them as. Like, Yeah, I mean, of the four of them, I think the only one I'm not super excited about is um, Ursa Major. And he plays so much better on the table than he does on paper. Fair. Um, I mean, I always look at him and sort of think he looks like a less tanky uh, kingpin is is the comparison that I usually make. But how, how have you found him? Uh, so, yes, he is a less tanky kingpin, but instead of tankiness, he has mobility. Which, it doesn't sound like he has mobility, but he has mobility. Okay. Between aggressive and charge, he gets places. I can see that. Um, and then he that spender is exactly like Kingpin, and it tanks people. So I guess also the other question we need to answer um, is whether we are putting Swan in as a four threat or a five threat. Um. Uh. I can go either way, but I think I think Power Swan will work out better math-wise. Yeah, I think um, we sort of discussed at the beginning that if Swan doesn't have a source of additional power from her leadership, I think she needs it from the gem so that she's got the charge online uh, from turn one. Yeah. Uh, she can give out the power if we go the advanced R&D route, but I don't know if Winterguard... 
When did I get that? that? Um, so in that case, she's just going to be using the power herself for charges and uh, her spender. And also but, just doing disgusting stuff on defense between her and Crimson Dynamo. Yeah, and I think that's um, I think that's totally what we want her to be doing um, in this list, right? We we sort of discussed her role is to push people off the points and follow up, um, whilst the rest of your team hangs back and does the uh, what's it called? Is it the Red Wall? Uh, I call it radical the... survival. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the unbreakable red line. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, there is a uh, character, uh, a a uh, there's a character that does not get much love right now that I wanted to bring up for being really darn good in Winter God. Okay, and that's Taskmaster. Ooh, spicy. I I do like. Um, well, I liked Taskmaster when he first came out. Uh, funnily enough, back at that point, I was playing a lot more games in person, and one of the players that I played against, uh, Taskmaster's actually their favorite uh, character in the um, in the Marvel universe. So they put him down every single game, yeah. and you do learn to respect that photographic reflexes. Yeah. Uh, but also, with how much rapid fire is in the meta with freaking Shadowlands Daredevil, uh, intuitive pattern recognition gets real good, especially if you can finagle him into martial artist range. Yep, and you've got Dynamo doing the rerolls uh, on the enemy attacks as well. Yeah, and you have Darkstar giving him extra defense dice, and I think it's prevent, pu- uh, prevent uh, reposition. Let me double check my Two additional defense dice and cannot be advanced, pushed or placed. Very cool. Yep, I can see that. Uh-huh. So I've actually, since you are playing Cabal, I've been wanting to try her in Cabal. She is another character who can really shine with additional power. And um, she has the consistency on that reroll all on the attack dice to get through damage. Yeah. Might not be a lot of damage, but she will be getting the two power for it off every attack. Yeah. So I can see that being quite effective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a yeah. big I, I'm a big Taskmaster fan in freaking Winter God. And having that that uh, third affiliated three, if you need be, for going wide at super high point values. Yeah, I can see that, especially if we're bringing out of affiliation five threat. Yeah. So that would be five, nine, 12, 15, 18, and then a two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, speaking of two threats, which two threat jumps out to you? Uh, so I have been, as I mentioned, been playing a lot of Cabal and Hydra, uh, and I would actually go to bat for uh, Bob. Yeah. I think he gets, again, overlooked quite a lot, mm-hmm. but he's another one of those characters who you need to play a few times before you realize that his weaknesses can actually be strengths. Oh, yeah. Um, so the excessive violence, um, nine dice into 
a character is is always good. The guaranteed damage is always good. Yep. Uh, but also, if you're happy to just position him so that the throw has to go into an opposing character, yep. he's doing even more of it. So for a two-threat, he can do an awful lot of work. Uh-huh. Um, the question I would have, though, is sort of looking ahead a bit to type of game that we're going to be trying to play. Do we need our two-threat to be playing into our objective game rather than the damage game? Or do you think our Winter Guard sort of core characters can cover that off for us? I think yes. Uh, I think needs to play into our game, but in a slightly different way. Um, so I want to bring up a two-threat that we have, haven't been talked about super heavily in a long time, but it's starting to hear rumbles again. And that's a Koye. Okay. I think j- we are a team that wants to annoy you to hell on defense. Yeah. And then just have, we have guarantee pushes and guarantee throws on a lot of our characters. And then trigger guarantee, uh, triggered throws for bigger objects on Black, or Dark St- on, on Black Swan. So having just that defensive push and pull, I think it's solid. But I could also see the argument for either Black Widow, Corebox Black Widow, or Toad. Yeah, I think um, Widow and Toad are definitely the sort of premier yeah. objective running pieces. Um, I can see Okoye, though, because so much of what we're looking at with the strength of uh, Crimson Dynamo in particular mm-hmm. is spreading damage around and sort of blunting it as yeah. it comes in. Um, Okoye, if she's in martial artist range uh, and can bodyguard, is just a nightmare to try and kill. Oh, yeah. like, I've, I, I've had multiple games where, you know, I've had characters like Killmonger just completely whiff and fail to take a Koye out. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I've also had plenty of games where she gets sniped by characters who are outside of her martial artist range. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, Crimson Dynamo being able to help uh, keep her around that little bit longer could be quite valuable. So, yeah, I can see it. I can see a Koye. Let's, let's give her uh, some time in the sun again mm-hmm. so yeah um who are some splashes you are thinking about so i think we need some offensive dice fixing um that's the other thing i sort of look at mm-hmm. here i'm just reminding myself of some of these other characters because i'm not super familiar as i say with the winter god side of things mm-hmm. it doesn't look like anybody is Ah, well, I was about to say it doesn't look like anybody is immune to conditions, but they don't need to be uh, because their leadership is getting rid of the conditions. Uh So I think we want um, Arnim Zola in here. I'm glad we are on the same page about him. Yeah, he is something. Oh, I love him. He's he's one of my favorite of the Hydra pieces, and I think he gets overshadowed a little bit by how big and flashy um, Skull is, Mm -hmm. but he's really, really solid. Have I had the conversation with you about how I think Thin is very, very good in Hydra? 
Yes, um, in, I think we may have talked about that last time because okay. I I have been running um, the the game I want to play with Hydra um, starts with Master Skull, Sin, and Crossbones um, ah. for activating four characters across two activations and just swamping points to get the world domination off. Um, so I've played a lot of Sin in Hydra and in Cabal recently, actually, and, and I love it to bits. I've not played as much Crossbones, but I've definitely played a fair bit of Sin. Fair. I know Crossbones is a little bit maligned. Um, I think that there's not many things in the game which can stand up to Sin and Crossbones activating back-to-back into them. Though, and I really do enjoy when, um, and it does happen, uh, when you open up a side of the table on one of those split maps and Sin and Crossbones manage to take out all of their opposition before they get a chance to activate. It feels real good for you, uh, less less so for your opponent. (laughs) I do miss the days of Doom prophesying a crossbows. Yes, yeah, sad times. And Agent Widow. Agent Widow, I realized, was a problem. Doom Prophecy Crossbones <laughs> was not. It was just funny. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Agent Widow was maybe abusive. Crossbones was a blaze of glory. Yes. Well, not not really. Because <laughs> his flat damage reduction meant that he was getting hit by uh, physical attacks. Was more, He stood up longer than you expected him to. Yeah, that's true. True, true. But, um, yeah, I really like Zola as a piece. Um, I think he gives an awful lot of stuff. He gives us um, access to the attack type we want when we want it. Yep. Um, He builds power better than it looks like he does on his card because of his scientific hubris. Um, His rerolls are just really, really good. Um, You've got to worry about the bleed special condition, but not if you're Winterguard. No! So that's that's a nice little synergy, um, and yeah, uh, as I think you mentioned last week, uh, the ESP box blast is one of the best spenders in the game. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe that. Uh-huh. Uh, so speaking of someone who has been playing Hydra recently, have I also gone on my soapbox about how Viper is pretty good in Hydra? Go on. Uh, I I haven't heard this one. Uh, specifically Master of uh Master Red Skull, uh Hydra, she is a double long move plus a range two place with stealth every turn. Yeah, uh, for objective running, she is an insane objective runner when you're getting two power turns. So um, that tournament I went to uh, at the start of the year, I took Viper along to that. Uh, and I played her once, uh, and I won the game that she was in. So clearly, she's fantastic and, and without flaw. Uh-huh. And also, she randomly gives out poison stun and slow, which yeah, still solid. I th- I think there are a lot of characters that need to get reassessed. Uh, Ant Man and Wasp, Viper. Uh, people need think... to remember Ultron exists because that guy slaps. Oh yeah, we've we've talked about Ultron. I am a huge Ultron defender. Um, I think he is vastly underplayed, especially in Cabal, um, where there's so many little synergies you can pull out for him. Yep. My my one issue with Viper um, is that she is so, so similar to Black Cat. And yep. there are serious differences. Um, the thing that 
Viper is better at doing than Black Cat is killing the character that she has run down uh-huh. uh, because she can open up with a uh, a six die attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and and... a range three six dice attack that places her within range one. Yeah, and that that can be very relevant. Um, It's just difficult to justify it against the guaranteed relevancy of the steel and the stagger the Black Cat gives out. But to be honest, I think that's more of an issue with With Black Black Cat Cat. than it is with Viper. Um, I think Viper is still very solid, and I've had a lot of fun with... um, running lists which run mystique uh viper and uh baron zemo and at that point you've got three long movers who will be where they want to be and have a good chance at killing whoever they're going into uh which is great again particularly in cabal where all of those characters benefit from dark rain and any of them can be where the target you're dark reigning is so they have places and they do do things that black cat can't do it's just the black cat is hyper efficient yes um back on our list i have a splash character to talk about yeah how do you feel about the blob I <laughs> i love the blob uh i have only played against him three times i think but every time i have played against him he has been far more effective than you would necessarily expect from his card and now put him in Uh, a defensive faction where you're like okay i'm going re-roll your dice when you attack him with energy attacks i'm not going to worry about the physical attacks and then i'm going ha 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 that tickles to push you back off the point and then i also have a quiet bodyguard sometimes and like ugh. yeah um, his thunderous splash is also oh, yeah. possibly the most annoying final activation in MCP. I think <laughs> um, just going, yeah, I've won this point. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, um, is really annoying. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I think he plays into this game plan we're building of just playing a very solid, secure game, mm-hmm. um, very, very well. Mm-hmm. I can see him. And then I think um, we it, need to talk... Go ahead. So I was just going to say, everybody has been very high on Pyro, um, and I totally understand why. But the other thing that the Blob doesn't need to worry about is any tactics cards um, or any dice other than getting the wild for the explosive force. So um, he cares about one tactics card sometimes. Yeah? Because... Leapfrog fucking slaps. I haven't seen that one used, to be fair. Uh-huh. It's only really... It's only if you're playing both of them, so it's a lot harder to, like, get off. But, like, getting... Like, getting him into the fight early in the game with a... uh With Toad really sets him up well. I was playing a double splash of Toad and Blob in Shield, and Leapfrog did some stuff. You can see it. Um, I mean, Toad is such a popular splash character anyway. I know we're not playing him here. Uh Um, It's definitely one to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. But I think Blob as a self-contained piece is is definitely worth his three. Yeah. Um, 
I think we need to talk about one of the big guns of the current meta. Yeah? Rhino. Okay, yes. Um, Rhino is just incredibly good. Um, I've, I've again been playing him in my dual Hydra Cabal roster. I think he's the only character that isn't Hydra or Cabal who is in that roster. Because he's um, yeah, uh, he is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to the point where, kind of like Black Cat, I hope he, I hope he gets a little bit toned down. So I don't think he's that good. Um, I think it's um, only his card really that is the problem. So it's it's. I think as people as more affiliations get that style of ability, which they are showing that they are doing. Through him and through Pyro, um, and through uh, to a lesser extent things like Human Torch. As more affiliations get that style of ability in affiliation, he will show up less and less. That's fair. Um, yeah, we we probably don't want to go into this, but I wonder if that's where they'll put the Kitty Pride design because I can see that. Uh, but yeah, probably don't want to go off on that particular tangent. Yeah. Um, I am very much wait and see on that, but I, I have done some initial designs of Kitty Pride, and I had some fun abilities that I hope they uh, use without having realized they had made them, because I haven't shown them to any of the developers, and I doubt any of the developers are on my Discord. That's fair. That's fair. Um... I'm just looking at our points, and we're actually up to nine characters already. So there was one other character I did want to float for Winterguard um, after I realized the Arnim Zola synergy, because the other synergy that works really well with that is Hood, who gets to heal up the characters that you're defending, and um, you, again, don't care about the bleed. So the question is, are we planning to run that many threes um and i think that might start to get a little bit awkward Mm -hmm. yeah and i think we want the re-rolls more than we want the healing in this Uh particular list so maybe not this time but maybe we want rhino instead maybe maybe we want a different four i'm i'm just do want a quick glance at the fourth to see if there's anything that jumps out because like my classic pick which is a mode that black uh Black Swan is covering for us already. But my classic pull is playing Electra in Winter God. Yeah, we've we've spoken about that yes. in the past. And I almost picked um Electra as the character to talk about, but I haven't played enough Electra yeah, to, to feel confident in her. Um I've played enough Black Swan to know no, this character is actually really good at the things you want her to do. Mm-hmm. Um but I do have another couple of fours myself who I think get overlooked. Might be interesting here. Um, so Enchantress, I think. Yeah. She gives us the extract steel without it needing to be on a card. Um, but I don't know what our tactics cards are going to look like at this point. That might not be a consideration. Um, I really like spurned affection in combination with dynamo's uh, beam yeah just gives us very solid play on those tight center maps mm-hmm. um and she has a surprisingly good spender as well i feel like people forget 
power of a, a seven die mystic um, that you can then, well, you can put it into somebody after you've walked them away and they are now slowed and uh, it's horrible. Um, plus, you know, with her low physical and energy defense, she likes dynamos damage reduction. She likes having a Koye standing around taking hits for her. So it might be worth thinking about. And we get knockoff heroes for hire in this with Combat Skeeper. Yes. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we have the tools to stop attacks going into her. Yeah. Um, that might be worth considering. Um... I do want to circle back to a thing we vaguely talked about very early on. Yeah. Um, and talk about Emma Frost. Okay. Yes, I think. I mean, I think Emma Frost is way better than the initial yeah. sort of reactions I've seen to her. Um, I think I said at the time that my feeling is you could remove any one of shield mind telekinetic deflection and power inhibition and she would still be a perfectly acceptable fourth threat oh yeah um and she, she just has ways to do everything if you can get the power onto her mm -hmm. and it's like splashing uh hellfire club is super super easy um so if you want to do that splash you can and i there's a couple of weird interesting synergies in this um because uh, Hellfire Club is an allied effect, and Red Guardian specifically has uh, the um, sin text on it, where if this character is dam damaged by an enemy or allied effect and is not dazed, he gains the power. So he, like, weirdly negates the downside, some of the downside of the Hellfire Club leadership on that end while still giving you the bonus. Yes, I can see that. Um, she gives us a pretty strong mystic attacker, to be honest. I mean, I again, sometimes I feel like uh, the game has gotten away from me because I remember when a range four five dice mystic attack on its own would, would have been yeah. enough to get people excited about a character. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, being able to flex into Hellfire Club I think most of the characters we've got like the additional power. Mm -hmm. And, uh, interestingly enough, Black Swan with the power gem is a character that doesn't mind early taking the damage and losing the power to f get the initial jump on Emma Frost. Yeah, I mean, she's still got the two power to charge turn one, yep. um, which is the important thing. Um, yeah, I... <sighs> I don't have, well, obviously I don't have Emma Frost yet. I don't think she's out anywhere no. yet. But um, Couple more she weeks. is, yeah, she is definitely a character that I'm very excited for. Um, and I want to dive into this Hellfire Club thing. I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot stronger than people are necessarily expecting it to be, um, which is always something I enjoy. And yeah, for exactly the same reasons as we were talking about with Enchantress, um, in terms of the defensive synergies we've got yeah. with our characters. We don't have to be in diamond form if we don't want to be in diamond form uh -huh. at basically any point in the game, I don't think. So wow. I'm sold. Let's let's go with Emma Frost. Um, there were another couple of characters I was going to float, but I'm more excited about Emma, I think. Yeah. 
and I need to remember how one of the Winter Guard cards works quickly. No worries. Uh, do, 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 that one. Uh, yeah. Um, there's just a lot of interesting denial options also with just being able to play tactic cards on Emma Frost's turn. Yes. Is always a scary proposition. So, uh, secures. Yeah. Let uh, me get these up. Are we playing full down the middle or are we doing something spicy? Uh, I think that, to be honest, we have game either way. <laughs> because if we're made to split up, then we can have Blob on one side, Power Swan on the other. Yeah. Um, and feel pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. But I think if we take the secures that are all the way down the middle, uh, we are putting our opponent in a position where they don't want to pick um, our secures. Yeah. Which so means we can be meaner on our extracts. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty happy to go with that one. Yep. Um, I so, think Gamma Waves, Demons, what's our sword? Let's see. I don't think... Oh, see, I was about to say I don't think we like intrusions because it does damage, but it doesn't do damage anymore. No. Um, do we mind people moving away? Maybe a little bit. So, we might mind that a little bit. Let me pull out a weird poll, but I think we deal with it better than most teams. Uh, I think we're either a good Mayor Fist team, or I always love, even though it's a D, which is a completely different shape. Weird, odd one out shape. But them on Cosmic Media, uh, Cosmic Invasion is absolutely hysterical. I can see that because you get the, um, uh, the potential push denial. Yeah. On... So you get all the upside, none of the downside. Yeah. And we are a team that doesn't mind when we do actually get pushed all that much. Black Swan can just charge back in. Uh, Crimson Dynamo can boost those in. The other two matter a little bit more. Blob can just spend her back in and just go, no, my point. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm just checking. Ah, uh, no. Okay. Emma Frost's Shield Mind does not influence that push. That's a shame. Um... But no, I can see that. And nobody really plays Cosmic Invasion. Yes. Um, unless they're trying to cheese out the uh, round one extra power on a big base character, which we can't do. But I think we're playing a very honest yeah. um, game. So, I'm, yeah, I'm open to that. 16, what are we playing at 16? We've got Power Swan, Dynamo for nine. Let me and then it's going to be... Uh, Probably. We get, uh, Dynamo, Black Swan with the Power Gem, Ursa Major, and one of our three threats. Probably Red Guardian or Darkstar. Yeah, and again, Ursa Major has a charge and will definitely have the power to use it if he's just been pushed, oh, yeah. so he doesn't care about that. Which, hey, um, we talked about Ursa Major being maybe better than I'd given him credit for. I think that's a really good one for him to shine on. Well, even more so, yeah. even more so, he's going to walk back and spend her. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm sold. Let's let's go with uh, 
Cosmic Invasion. Now, here, here's my hot take. Uh, and I think they're another team that can work for this. I think they might be a, uh alien ship crashes in downtown team. I'm so happy you said that because last week you were you were saying um, Alien Ship is one of your lesser played crises. It is my favorite crisis to play in all of Marvel Crisis Protocol at the moment. Uh-huh. It is. I just love it. I've um, had it in so many lists. I've just never drawn it. <laughs> I'm um, like I'm over twenty uh, drawing it out of the three throughout many different first... lists recently. The first uh, time I ever played it, I was playing Malekith Cabal. Uh, Malekith had a, um, a core from turn one, and he took two damage from the core every turn of that game, and it was a five-turn game. <laughs> it was ridiculous, and I just I adored it. Um, it's so silly. It's so much fun. It's yeah, it's everything I love about this game, to be honest. But we are a uh, defensive team. Yeah, that can that has the ability to spend down on our opponent's turn really, really effectively. Yeah, we we don't have to be taking the downside if we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and characters that try and grab the core and run away can find themselves powered up and exploding, and then getting a power swan into their face. Yeah. Uh, so I am I am totally here for alien ship. Otherwise, uh, huh. We we like medium count teams, so I think we're okay on a hammer, but not insane. And I don't think we love it because it gives our opponent bonus dice. Yeah, and um, we're trying to make their dice less effective, so we don't want to give them more opportunities. Yep. I do think we're a scrolls team. I, think I was just thinking that annoying scrolls team. So we can, yeah, we can line up Power Swan opposite one of the scrolls, and then sort of say, "Come, come and grab that one." You might get pushed, and then you're getting a a charging swan into your face from round one. Well, also we have double shot not to get pushed. Yep. If we're standing on a secure as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Because we do it once, and then we get the leadership. Nice. Um, we've got a lot of decent physical defense characters as well. Yep. Yeah, I don't think we have any problem with scrolls at all. Yeah. Um, I do want to briefly say I have not actually played Senators yet, even at this point. Um, and that extract scares the daylights out of me. <laughs> So, Just... I think Mystique is very really good on it. Guess who I am more scared on it now? No one? Inhumans. Ah, okay. Because you get stranded out into Black Bolt double tap turn one range, and then half the time he gets the power to then Genesis you and maybe get a 3VP, 3 or 4VP swing. Yeah, that sounds nasty. Yes, I have done it multiple times to people. It is nasty. Yeah, Inhumans, I think, um, well, they won the the big York Westland, tournament yeah. over over here, yeah. Um, I think, again, that's a, a team that people are going to have to start respecting in 2023 oh, yeah. that maybe they didn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I don't think we want that. I, I don't think that's something we're we're fans of. No. Um We've got randomly higher mystic defense characters. So yes. maybe we don't mind about Montesi. We don't I don't know if we mind about Montesi, but I wanna talk about a fast going one quickly. And I want to okay. talk about spider infected. Okay. Uh, because we have a fan number of characters that can either charge or push themselves back into place when they get moved fairly yeah, easily. And, and they've got the you know the potential to not be moved at all from the no. leadership. No. Because it's no? in advance. I thought and, and the leadership oh, it's, is yeah. pushes only. Yeah, it's um Dark Star that stops the advances, yes, but she only on doesn't do that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think we care as much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the only question is, do we feel that we can risk putting five points on the table for our opponents? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think we've got a good midline extract steal. Uh, or a way to get over and steal one of their ones. So mm-hmm. We're maybe we don't mind. Game. We're playing we are playing honest. an honest game. Um, this, again, is something I've been talking with my friends about um, since the crisis changes, uh, in that I think the old days of the turn one um, shenanigans being the most important thing going. Uh, I think those are over. I think what happens turns two to four yeah. is now much more important than what happens turn one, which is not to say that you shouldn't consider it, Yeah, but you're right. We are playing a more honest game. Um, maybe we just want to put Spider Infected in. Yeah. And um, there isn't just... like a boogeyman team that makes Spider Infected horrible for us. The only other one that we might want to consider over it is research uh, research station because that is slow scoring uh, we've got the charge characters to get back onto the point as yeah. as we move it um, and I know Red Guardian is very good and Blob is very good at pushing those characters you don't want on there off yeah um, the only question is what are we actually playing at 15 if we start and Crimson Dynamo, uh, Double Three, and Black Swan. Yeah, and maybe I don't hate that. We could have Crimson Dynamo, Swan, uh, Guardian, and Dark Star. Yeah. Uh, to prevent other people pushing us off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Do we want Station or do we want Spider Infected? I can go either way. I'm going to leave it up to your preference. Okay. You know, I think I'm going to go Research Station um, just because I think there are some teams who really don't want to see Research Station. Very fair. Um, And I don't think there are many teams who can't play Spider Infected. Mm -hmm. So now we get to uh, Tactic Cards. So there is a couple that we are immediately getting in. So Black Swan doesn't have any that we can use. So we don't yes, have to unfortunately. If, um, if Black Onslaught was not Black Order restricted, I, I would have pushed for um, Black, Dwarf. Black Dwarf, but unfortunately it is. So. 
So uh, we get both Winter God affiliated cards because Sovereign Strike is insane. Yep. Hi, pay three power to destroy a size four piece of terrain within range four. And maybe randomly deal two damage to a couple characters, but mostly it is such effective terrain denial. Yes. Um, teams. Yeah, playing a lot of Hydra, uh, where you don't really have um, any big terrain throws on your, your main characters, has taught me the importance of bringing some way to remove a piece of size 4 terrain before your opponent hits you in the face with it. I think that's really important these days. And then Winter's Rush gives you so much mobility. My god. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I don't see a lot of people talk about it, um, even Winterguard players, but it's definitely one of the cards that I've looked at and gone, I would never complain about having this in my hand. Yeah, so the big thing is, this card is amazing on things Winterguard players don't like to bring, which are Ds. Yeah. Um... And Wintergard players need to start realizing this is a very good card on Ds to help you cross the center, uh, cross the line. Yeah, I can see it. Um, again, you're punishing teams that are trying to push damage through on you. Yep. Um, you're helping to get uh, some major up in their faces. Uh, yeah, I've got no complaints about about Winter Rush really. And then we talked, uh, and then we need. Um... Oh god, I need to remember the name of it. Uh, my Hellfire Club. We need yeah. to get in there, just so we have that Hellfire Club affiliation. Um, I don't and, think uh, we get mind transfer. Let me remind myself of that one. So mind transfer is. Do, do, do. She's got to get full power, which is quite quite a lot for Emma. She's yeah. got a lot of ways to use her power. And then you're moving an activator token from a character who's already activated to a character who has not. Yeah. Yeah, the big the big issue with it is that a lot of the characters that activate early in the round are going to be your opponent's heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. And you don't generally want to uh well, repower those up. The way you do it is you activate your heavy hitter and then you transfer your to and then they gain an activated token. You survive one round and then you pass it your heavy hitter's activated token off to someone else. No, you can't. It's choose an enemy character with an activated token oh. within three and yeah. move that to another enemy character. So That's yeah, I mean I Yeah, I cannot really foresee situations where I want to be doing that. that I'm sure that they exist. Terrible. But yeah, most yeah, most of the characters that your opponent has already activated, they will be very happy to activate a second time in a turn. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I'm not seeing that one. It's it's no mental domination. Nope. Uh we get Dark Aura Manifestation, because we talked about that earlier. Yep, and Comrade's Keeper. Yep. I think we want both of those. Yep. Um, see, any other character-specific cards? I'm not saying it. So now, restricted cards. Yes. Um, I think we want both for impact. Yeah, we're, we're bringing... Um, well, it's the main way to get through Black Swan's defensive tech. Yep. 
Um, and again, one of the nice little quality of life things with the power uh, gem is that even if she charges and whiffs both attacks, turn one, um, she has both. She's got brace online, so she doesn't she doesn't mind that much. Um, the other one I think we might really want here um, is disarm. Yeah, because I think Crimson Dynamo uh, being able to re-roll your opponent's attack dice after having reduced them by two already means that you know. A Malekith who's coming at you with five attack dice, re-rolling two that actually do something, um, is nowhere near as menacing as so, your standard Malekith. Um, the issues I have with it, and this is what the issues I have with Disarm in general at this point, is the models you want to use it on are having priority, so you cannot use it first. That is true. Um, you do need to have priority to get your opponent's first heavy hitter. Um, the other case I would like to make for it, though, is into shield. Mm -hmm. Because being able to drop Winter Soldier and... Um, howling Commandos. How yeah, the Howling Commandos down to, uh, what, two attack dice? Yeah. if as you're dazing enemy characters. Um, it makes them very, very sad. It, but we're also already affecting that with Crimson Dynamo's innate ability to give out shock. True. True, true. So, I do want to make a, a case for, and this is a much more boring choice, but I think it's very good, is patch up. Because teams that have defensive tech, healing is more effective. Yeah. Um, Ursa Major has a nice deep health pool as well. We can yep. potentially, if they are burning him down, get him back up. Um, the only, yeah, the only other one that might be an interesting choice with Black Swan on the table specifically mm -hmm. is uh, Follow Me. Yeah, but because we don't really she have the Follow Me target. Well, she will often have the power to use it, and then it's whether you want to try and open up with her to do some damage, then throw the turn over to Crimson Dynamo to shock um, the characters that are going to try and punish you for that. It might be interesting, but I think you're probably right that patch-up is the more sensible choice. Yeah. Um, now, unrestricted cards. Uh, I think since we have the spot, we get mission objective in there. Yeah, um, mission objective is just a card that I'm putting into every roster at the moment, particularly because Rhino is everywhere. Uh huh. Otherwise, are there um any other cards that jump out to you? So, uh, fallback is is kind of a known quantity at this point, and it is very good it's especially very good when you've got a lot of characters with the mobility we've been talking about so they can fall back and then they can charge in um it's difficult to argue with that the interesting one um that i think gets overshadowed uh is inspiring monologue but it is a lot more situational um i think fall back you would almost be looking to play every game I think inspiring monologue 
you would be looking at those matchups um, that we talked about earlier, which are really bad for Web Warriors, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't be bringing that card at that point. Yeah. But the ability to re-roll um, your own defensive dice, it, it, it's undervalued, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, also in that defensive camp, I want to make a case for Escort to Safety. Yeah. Because Crimson Dynamo can one walk action and then one power up action and then have Escort to Safety online for the midline character. Yep. Um, I'm just looking at other characters we've got. And we've got Arnim Zola sitting on the back line as well, um, who's quite happy to build power. You're not using it for the rerolls at that point, but maybe you don't need the rerolls if you're just locking yeah, a full attack. attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really does layer well with Okoye and mm -hmm. all of the other defensive tech we're bringing. So, and do we want to just windmill slam, uh, fall back, and escort to safety in there, or yeah. do we just want it? I'm fine. With okay. Both. Um, and also, uh, reminder: escort to safety just had a really important and game-changing errata. Oh. Um, where it now says it ends the attack rather than the attack action, so it will cancel things like uh, out-of-activation attacks like uh, Got Your Back or Venom Snackback now, where used to not. Yeah, I don't think I had ever picked up on that, but uh, I'm glad that they fixed the loophole. Yes. Uh, okay, so our cards are looking... Very defensive. In fact, yeah. we if we're running Comrades Keeper, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, Mission Objective, Escort to Safety, Fallback, then that's one too many cards for most games anyway. <laughs> but no, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think um, you'll look at some tables and you'll go, I don't need Sovereign Strike into this, mm -hmm. um, or I don't need Winter Rush into this. Um, this set of crises anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Dark Aura Manifestation and Comrades Keeper if you're bringing those characters. I think most of the time you're probably bringing Red Guardian. Yeah, um, he is amazing because, like, automatic push on, on for size 3, automatic throw of size 3 on the spender, and shield throw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Mission objective again... It just feels obligatory into certain matchups, but it's not obligatory into every matchup. Mm -hmm. So I think it's fine to have that there. And then, yeah, it's got to safety and fallback. I think we both make really, really good use of. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with all of those, to be honest. Fallback I'm not sure what I would cut. Yeah. Fallback <laughs> is really good into those rapid fires, and escort to safety is fucking killer into Malachis. Yes, um... Yeah, I've I've been playing a lot of Malekith recently, um, and I do not like seeing it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's even worse when you see Eye in the Sky? Uh, yes, although uh, with my Hydra Cabal roster, I'm really happy to be fighting S.H.I.E.L.D. because uh, Sin is, I think, the best piece of anti-Nick Fury tech in the game at the moment. Really? Yep. Um, hit and run means that she can kill his grunts and get the extract that they drop without 
caring. Um, hit and run and um, illicit tech means that you can get into Nick Fury's face, he can't run away, and then you can rapid fire into him if your opponent messes the positioning up on that. Yeah. Gives you the opportunity. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a... I, I haven't lost to Nick Fury yet with Sin. Um, That's cool. Um, yeah. I, I Have I told you the story about how I completely curb stomped an X-23 in the funniest play of ever? No, go on. So I was playing Sin uh, in Master of Hydra on uh, um, Mayor Fisk. And I yeah. had put out two Ash and Cinder on the Mayor Fisk token. Yeah. Uh, X-23 had come into me uh, and uh, Sin had survived so she walked away an inevitable betrayed uh, X-23 who was sitting on a Mayor Fisk and a, uh, a two Ash and Cinder token. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. It was um, a miracle. I, we have talked a lot about Sin for an episode that isn't about Sin, but yeah. I really love that character yeah. so much. She's she's easily one of my favorite characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and bold choice on the Maya Fisk uh, Master of Hydra pick. I usually go Strucker there just so I don't have to worry about the stun, but I can see that combo with the. Uh, to Ash and Cinder and the Inevitable Betrayal. And the fact that Sin's going to have the power to do both of those things. Oh, yeah. Being really, really good. So, Mayor Fisk was my was my opponent's secure. And I was playing Mono uh, Master of Hydra. Just because I wanted to try out his leadership a little bit. I had very specific things I wanted to test. I can see that. He's, he's really good. Yeah. Um, and you know, backtracking a little bit, you're you're totally right that um, Malakith does not like seeing Fury shield or escort to safety. Uh, but that's why I kind of like the flex roster yeah. for that that spot. But yeah, um, I cool. think this roster is looking like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, for as soon you... as yeah. Sorry. For those of you at home, the final roster is Black Swan with the Power Gem, Ursa Major, Red Guardian, Crimson Dynamo, Dark Star, Taskmaster, Okoye. Armin Zola, The Blob, and Emma Frost. For tactic cards, we have Sovereign Strike, Winter's Rush, My Hellfire Club, Dark Aura Manifestation, Comrades Keeper, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, Mission Objective, Fall Back, Escort to Safety. For Secures, we have Gamma Wave Sweeps Across the Midwest, Demons Downtown has our comeuppance come due, Cosmic Invasion, Black Order Descends on Earth, and then for Extracts, we have Alien Ship Crashes in Downtown, Scrolls Infiltrate World Leadership, and Research Station Attacked. As soon as Emma Frost drops, I'm going to be super excited to play this roster. Well, let us know how it comes out. Definitely. It will be my first step into Winter Guard, really. Um, But I can see the game plan, and I think it's got a lot of legs. Yep. Well, if people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? Uh, absolutely. I am a goose uh, on the main MCP discord and your discord, uh, a goose hash six, seven, three, seven. Uh, or you can email me at uh, a dreaded goose at gmail.com. If there are particular characters you want to know um, a little bit more about, I might write an article on them. Mm-hmm. I, I have to ask, 
being me, have you write, written a dreaded article on Agent Widow? Yes, she was one of the very first characters I covered, actually. Um, I think Agent Widow, she's always going to have a place in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, and as I said earlier, um, one of the things I love about MCP is we get so many characters all the time. It can often feel like we're distracted by the newest and shiniest things. But then you look back and you pick up one of these older characters like Power Swan now, who doesn't feel like she should be an older character to me, but she is. <laughs> She's like a year old, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Or um, you pick up Agent Widow or you pick up Ultron and you wind up going, hang on a second. I can combine these in some really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, and I think we're always going to be having that uh, with MCP. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so. Uh, you can support the show on patreon.com slash Lexa White, uh, where you get not just uh, the uh, bonus podcast where I spill all of my MCP secrets, uh, the Darkhold. You also get bonus movie podcasts, uh, me and a goose a while ago at this point sat down and uh, talked about the uh, sight and sound poll, if I remember correctly. We never got around to the sight and sound no. poll, but we did talk about Casablanca, yes. which which well, is one of my favorite movies of all time. But right around that time, we were talking about a little bit about the sight and sound poll, and I was bringing it up because it was right before it came out. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We... we... We nerded out about it in uh, in Discord, but that yes. unfortunately is not yet available to the Patreons. Uh-huh. Um, but also, recently there was an episode on. Fuck! I'm having to go back and look at my own Patreon because my brain is melting because I got off of work and immediately went to recording. Um. Yeah, one job into another. Yep. Uh, right. Uh, uh me and Mozane recently sat down and talked about Nope which is a very, very good film. So you can check that out. Ooh. You can check my monthly check-ins. Um, I have some planned, but I'm not releasing, uh, announcing officially until dates are chosen uh, for this month to potentially cover a new movie that is going to be coming out this month. So I will leave you guys to speculate about that. Um, and all sorts of other fun stuff. You also get access to the Morlocks Discord, which is very, very fun times, and you get to see all my special creations. So, if you want to, go support me at patreon.com slash White. If you want to reach out to me, I am Lexa White on all the MCP Discords, Egypt on the non-MCP Discords. If you want to email the show, it is morlocksmcp at gmail.com. And then, uh... If you want to see me do something completely different, Saturday mornings at about 3.30 a.m. PST at twitch.tv slash games, we are designing custom Arkham Horror the Card Game. So yeah, thank you very much. Very welcome. And keep experimenting, people.